friends. You don't go over there and shake hands, smile, hug their neck. Let's knock them on their backs, butt them in the mouth, knock their ass in the dirt. That's what we got to do. We got to stop that buddy ball, smash everybody in the mouth. Hey, baby, we're going to be here all day, baby. I like this kind of party. I like this kind of party, baby. You're in the doghouse with Rick Watson and Big Dog Sports Talk on the WRAD Talk Network. Remember, with great power comes great responsibility. You know what that means? Do you? We're the underdog. We're mutts. My number one play is the power sweep. If you only knew the power of the dark side... Welcome in to Hour 3, the Power Hour, on Big Dog Sports Talk with Rick Watson. Join the conversation now on the Long & Foster Baker Team Hotline, 540-639-4900, or text Rick and the show at Monday. Hope everybody is doing okay. <laughs> Hope everybody's doing all right. By the way, we just got uh, a listener just uh, sent me some breaking news. Apparently, all lanes are blocked on 81 North around exit 105 again all lanes blocked according to one of our peeps on 81 north at exit 105 so make notes so i'm guessing that probably means that there is an accident if somebody wants to update me, that would be great. But I just got that text message that all lanes on 81 North are blocked around 105. Let's go to the Baker team hotline. Hey, good morning. Who's this? It's Rocky. How are you doing there, big dog? Hey, Rock. How are you? Uh, uh, I've been better. Uh, but, you know, playing that Millie Vanilli got that cranked up. I mean, 
don't it has to right come on whether they were singing it's actually, it or not that, that song actually survives man it's, i know it's amazing now i know if they made that music now they'd be worshipped for all their you know you know for doing having someone else make their own music for them because that's what everyone else is doing <laughs> well i mean well that's true that's true yeah um, the, by the way, real quick, yeah, Brian, man. let me update the listeners real quick. Uh, now we have another peep that said they just got traffic moving on 81 North, so it was an accident, so now the traffic is slowly catching up. So that's good news. All right, man, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's vital. You know, Big Dog Sports Talk is the voice of the New River Valley. <laughs> got to get those traffic updates. Very important. There you I'm go. serious. There you go. Yeah, yeah. So the Radford Highlanders men's basketball team Looks like they're in a death spiral. They are falling apart. What can you tell me about what's going on with the Radford Highlanders men's team? Well, Saturday was tough. You know, they um, upstate led wire to wire. Kenyon Giles had uh, an injury pop up, so he didn't play. And, you know, it's just, it is. It's um, right now, there's, you know, the last week was a bad week. There's no doubt. You drop a home game to Charleston Southern, you go on the road. You lose that game at Upstate, who was 1-7. The bye week couldn't be coming at a better time. Uh, they've got a week to get ready. You know, next Saturday, they share a doubleheader with the women down at uh, Presbyterian. But at this point, you know, you just have to start trying to fix things. You're not really worried about seeding and all that in the tournament because you have to play your best basketball in a league like the Big South. Those three days in March, that's what matters. We're always going to be a one-bid league, so... High points, the team running away with it. Radford, you know, they're in a they're in a funk right now. They're not uh, shooting it consistently enough, and the defense wasn't good at all on Saturday. My concern is that they're not physically tough enough. Um, when I see them on the floor, I think there's a lot of room for uh, physical toughness. Um, and I would say, don't worry about practicing this week. Um, I would want make them run wind sprints until they throw up and then wait five minutes and run wind sprints again. I don't think these guys know how to play basketball. I don't think it's a question of X's and O's. I don't think it's a question of, you know, them getting better shots. It's a question of toughness right now. This is what adversity looks like. This is what every coach talks about when adversity hits, who's going to step up. I think it's just a question of physical toughness. I don't think they are uh, physically as strong as they need to be. I think they need to be in the weight room every day this week, and they need to be running wind sprints. Uh, They know how to play basketball. Uh, They know how to shoot the ball. Um, It's not a question of X's and O's at this point. It's a question of physical toughness and mental toughness. Uh, Just get in the weight room every day. Run, Run until you throw up. Because that's what they have to do. Physically, they're not strong. They're not a physically strong team. And they've got this whole week to prepare. And I would say be in the weight room every day, conditioning every day. Um, this team has got to put on muscle. And they have a great opportunity this week to be in the weight room every day. That means when you go to lift weights, your phone is locked up in a lockbox. No one has their phone in the weight room. This is serious lifting. This is serious conditioning. Um, this team right now, I think, has a identity crisis, and the crisis is they're not physically tough enough. This team is not physically tough enough to compete, and they can get a lot stronger this week. They can work on their conditioning. Uh, this is what adversity is, and they need to get a lot stronger. And Darius is a great coach. He's got great players. But right now it's not clicking, 
and they've got to get mentally tough. That's where it starts with me. Mental toughness is the priority for this team right now, so hopefully they get their butt in gear. Um, they've got a great opportunity to prove everyone wrong, show everyone wrong, show that they are that they are a strong team, and that's what I want to see. So that's all I got, big dog. Talk to you later. All right, thanks, Rock. Appreciate it. Uh, appreciate everybody. By the way, I've gotten several texts. People saying now, uh, indeed, that the traffic is moving on 81 North. So appreciate that. Apparently, there was an accident, but uh, they got it cleaned up. And that's there's nothing worse. It's, I mean, that's just typical of a Monday, isn't it? You're trying to get up and get motivated to go to work, and you, oh, now we're stopped on the interstate. <sighs> yeah, tough weekend for both. Um, Bradford and Virginia Tech men's basketball. But the worst news coming out of the weekend was the loss of uh, Carl Weathers, whose most famous role, Apollo Creed, had uh, substantial meaning on my life. And uh, we've been playing some clips. Uh, there's a, there's really cool. There's a best of Apollo Creed on YouTube. This is one right after. This is the beginning of Rocky II, right after... Um, the fight. They do a great job of taking you through the end of the fight in Rocky One, and then uh, when they go to the emergency room, right? Because they just beat the hell out of each other. Get away! Get away. Get away. So lucky. What you did was a miracle. You're the luckiest man on the face of the earth. I want you to know that, Stallion. Do I look lucky? Look, nobody goes the distance with me. Get up out of that chair, Chump, and let's finish this fight right now. Oh, Jump, please. Is he serious? I'm going to show you how lucky you are. You're going to fight me again, Chump. Come back here. Don't run out on me. Coming into the spectrum, champion and the champion. <laughs> I mean, just, just great stuff. What a. What a great character, man. So good. So, so good. But anyway, uh, it really did kind of make me go, whoa, my goodness gracious. Tough. Very, very tough. Um, All right, so because I had like eight or nine people tell me I needed to watch the uh, (laughs) We Are the World documentary. They put it together. You remember uh, Bob Geldof helped arrange it. And they bring in, what did they say, 47 artists or something were in the studio. They did this after the American Music Awards one night. So Chad Hyatt and myself, we roomed together, our head athletic trainer, on the road. We were in Spartanburg, and uh, we got in, got our dinner, and we said, let's watch this thing. Everybody's, everybody's talking about how wonderful it is. It's, just, it's okay. Yeah, it's all right. I wasn't sitting there like, whoa. A lot of Lionel Richie talking. Let's put it that way. But they show you, you know, how they went about getting certain artists at the time there. And, of course, all the artists are all about themselves. And um, they blatantly, just blatantly used Sheila E. to try to get Prince there. They brought her in, and then they, she realized she had no parts, so she just left. Waylon Jennings just got up and left <laughs> because Stevie Wonder said he wanted to throw in some Swahili parts or something, and he was just like, yeah, I'm out of here. It was just funny to watch Whaling Jennings just put on his hat and walk out the door. Hey, we lost Whaling. Oh, okay. Bob Dylan didn't have a clue what was going on. Bruce Springsteen not being able to carry a tune. They were talking about that. I think what Lionel Richie said, it sounded like he was choking on broken glass. 
And it was showing how they did the pairings. The best part was them showing how they did the pairings of putting the artist's voices together because Quincy Jones was a, a genius producer of music. But they didn't have Prince. You know, he didn't do it. He called or something. They were trying to figure it out, and Sheila E. realized... By the way, she still looks great. They were showing Sheila E. today. Huey Lewis was really cool. He just seems like a great guy. Right? He just seems so humbled by his whole career. And he was talking about how he's sitting there. He can't believe that he's doing a part with Michael Jackson and all that. You know? But I thought he sounded fine. But it was okay. And it, But the whole time, here's the question that I was asking. I looked over at chat. And I said, all right. So you have roughly 50 of the richest people in this country at the time in one room. If you really wanted to do something worthwhile, why not just each of you donate and write one big, huge check to support starvation in Africa? Instead of coming across like you're doing something so noble as to create a piece of music that other people have to buy to contribute. Why not just say, you know what, we're all multimillionaires. Couldn't you have each spared some money? You could each be talked into using it as a tax write-off and just write a big damn check. All right, they went to all this trouble to organize this thing, to get all these artists there, to change their schedules, have to deal with all the egos. Why didn't they just say, hey, We've got you all here. Here's the problem. Geldof gave him this big speech like he was a, a coach in a pregame show about what was going on over in Africa, why this is such an important cause to him, why he's such a big humanitarian, why he wants to help the less fortunate. Wouldn't you think these artists would just go, you know what, how much, do we, how much can we come up with here? <laughs> Wouldn't that have been a lot simpler? No, no, what we're going to do is we're going to make a song. We did our part. <laughs> right? <sighs> I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me. But you're looking at, I mean, those people at the time, especially for the time that it was there, the mid-'80s, I mean, cost of living, with the kind of money they had, they could have written six-figure checks each and every one of them and not even thought about it. Why not just do that? But anyway, that was my prevailing thought. It was okay. You know, it wasn't a life-changing documentary. I've seen much better ones. It was, it was okay. The, the one thing that did stand out, too, was how many of those artists you're looking at in that room aren't with us anymore because they passed away. And Neil was telling me about that because you sit there and you're looking at some of those people. You're like, wow, they're no longer here. She's no longer here. He's no longer here. But in any event, there you go. For nostalgia and for historical, I guess, pertinence, yeah, it's worth the watch. Is it a must watch? No, no. <laughs> But am I wrong? Am I wrong? I mean, they all walked away like, yeah. Yep. We did our part. <laughs> well, no. 
if you would have done your part, you would have just written a big check to Bob Geldof's cause and then been on your way, right? Okay. 22 minutes past the hour here on this Monday. Interstate moving freely now. Thank you so much for everybody updating us on that. 81 North is good to go after the brief hiatus because of a crash at around exit 105. Everything good now. More coming up. Text lines open for you, 744-2990. As always, we'd like to talk to you on the Baker Team Hotline, 639-4900. Don't go away. I want to ride my When you beat me, I hurt all over, and I didn't want to know from nothing or nobody, not even my kids. But hell, every fighter knows that hurt, and we get sick inside trying to live with it, so don't back off now. Make it right for yourself, or you'll be sorry you didn't. We held the greatest title in the whole world, babe. You lost that fight, Rock, for all the wrong reasons. You lost your edge. All right. I know your manager dying had you all messed up inside. But the truth is, you didn't look hungry. Now, when we fought, you had that eye of the tiger, man, the edge. And now you've got to get it back. And the way to get it back is to go back to the beginning. You know what I mean? <laughs> Maybe we could win it back together. I mean, one of the most unlikely but eagerly accepted, I mean, partnerships ever. Who would have thought Apollo Creed would reach out to Rocky Balboa and want to partner up to win back the heavyweight title and train him? And all he wanted was a favor, right? All he wanted was a favor. And that favor was to have a fight with the two of them (laughs) with nobody watching you know with Rocky with those bright gold gloves by the way we want to wish a a very happy birthday to Radford University Basketball Hall of Famer good friend Ron Shelburne big Ron number 42 happy birthday my friend I hope you have a wonderful wonderful day one of the uh, one of the best human beings that I've ever known and he and his family are terrific people. So we want to give a huge shout-out and a happy birthday to uh, Ron Shelburne. And I'm telling you, if you uh, remembered watching him at Pulaski County High School or when he got down to the Deadman Center, um, that guy was as technically a sound post player as you're going to find in any generation. Worked his tail off, too. So, Ron, I hope it is a great day. He's been on the program uh, frequently when we talk about hoops. I've got to get him back on here again to break it all down. But I uh, hope, uh, Shelburne, hope you have a great day, my friend. All right, uh, coming up, our final segment, we'll get back to more of your uh, phone calls and your text messages. Coming out of the uh, basketball weekend, good weekend for the ladies from the local teams, not so much for the men's teams. 
And of course, we've been playing sound from uh, Apollo Creed all day. Again, uh, the loss of Carl Weathers, man, kind of jolted me. It really did on Friday. Warming up a little bit. We're out over 30 degrees. Supposed to get down close to or up to close to 50 degrees today. We'll be back. Stay with us. See that look in their eyes, Rock? We fought, Rock. I trained hard, but I didn't have that look in my eyes. You had it, you won. Got to get that look back, Rock. I had the tiger, man. I had the tiger. Come on. Yes, sir. And then you go from that right into, by the way, the beach montage beginning. It starts out with a slow jog with Apollo and... And Rocky, and he's trying to teach him how to fight differently. All right, you take on a boxer like Clubber. He's trying to go through footwork, very realistic, right? Trying to show him what he needs to do to get quicker and to faster. But you know, we've talked about how I'm not going to be surprised if the Chiefs win the Super Bowl because that's what the NFL wants. Speaking of throwing things. How clear is it when you look back at the beach scene when they're having the dash, the race, that Apollo knew he could beat him easily. He just wanted him to kind of feel better about himself, so he kind of slowed up a little bit. (laughs) Right? Guys, I mean, we're looking at Sylvester Stallone, who's not the most fleet of foot. And I don't think after just a few weeks of training that necessarily he'd be able to catch Apollo running. And I've always wondered why they ran on the beach, you know, because that's not a great place to try to increase speed. If you've jogged on the beach, you know, you usually run on the wetter part of the sand because the dry sand will kind of hold you up. Maybe it was just part of their training. I don't know. (laughs) 639-4900-744-2990. And there it is. They're in the water now. There it is. The embrace that is still used as a very popular meme on many aspects of today's social media. We're uh, celebrating the, uh, the life of Carl Weathers, this role, the iconic role that will forever be. You talk about a legacy now. I mean, uh, all weekend after he passed Friday evening, it was all, I mean, you name it, posts from every sports entity, from broadcasters, from athletes to actors. I mean, Carl Weathers has a legacy now as a character, and that's all you can ask for, right? Forever. For absolutely ever. I just hope generations beyond ours get a chance to appreciate those movies and that relationship and that character you know many of you have talked have sent text messages about how that character was really almost as important or maybe more important than rock you know there's a good that it's it's you're right think about it they made the sequels they didn't focus on rocky balboa's son right they went with Apollo Creed's son. So how important was he to the franchise? Well, we're going to create a whole new sequel series based on Apollo's kid, right? 
Adonis Creed played wonderfully by Michael B. Jordan. The first two movies, great. The third movie was terrible. It was just bad. But two out of three ain't bad. But in any event, rest in peace, Carl Weathers. Tough. Very difficult. Very difficult. Um, we have a brand new uh, alliance. The alliance. <laughs> it's the SEC and the Big Ten. They announced they're going to, you know, join together to address the major concerns right now currently facing college athletics. In other words, how are we going to be able to combine forces? Because we know this is going to go in the way of paying athletes. They already are. It's pay for play as it is, but as athletes become employees of institutions, how are we going to be able to make sure we have enough money to attract the best level of football player, of basketball player, whatever it might be, to our leagues? That's what this is all about. You don't join an alliance with a company. The alliance. Or with someone else, unless there's great benefit in doing that, and it usually means financial gain. This is a blatant now separation. And unlike the one that was ill-advised between the ACC and the Pac-12 and the Big 12, who were the afterthoughts, there is power behind this one because these are the two conferences that control everything right now, especially in college football. And these are the two conferences that the TV networks are going to make sure are maxed out at supreme earning power for their own future prognosis. They want to be able to go out and sell more advertising to obtain certain ratings, to make as much money as possible. Many of you text in, this is the NFL Junior coming up, and I agree. This is exactly what this is. These two leagues are leading the charge to once again bring up the conversation about the breakaway, the inevitable breakaway that's coming, the Chip Kelly model, if you will, of power college football from everything else. Leave the rest of the sports alone. But this is where we are now headed, and it's going to happen much more quickly now than it was going to. It's inevitable what's going to happen. So this whole battle going on with Florida State and the ACC and all the realignment they did, all the realignment the Big 12 did, it's great, man. Hey, it's exciting. But at the end of the day, any of those schools that aren't part of what this ends up being between the Big Ten and the SEC, you're going to be on the outside looking in. Because this is one alliance. The alliance. That has staying power. They're still figuring things out, but I would not be a bit surprised as we get further down the road, a couple years, another year, 18 months, whatever it is, We're going to find out that this uh, latest joint venture between conferences was probably expedited by the TV networks themselves, right? I mean, ESPN, which has had their nose into everything of college football to its detriment, 
There's not one positive attribute about ESPN being involved in this, other than you can say maybe the fact that you can watch more games. They're left out now of the Big Ten going forward, just like CBS is now out of the SEC business. They are part of the Big Ten business, along with Fox. The networks, in my opinion, we're going to find out, and I may be wrong. It hadn't been mentioned yet, but just read between the lines. I'm sure the network heads, just like they conducted the whole Fox, Fox conducted the whole poaching of USC and UCLA two years ago from the Pac-12 to the Big Ten. It was all Fox. The L.A. market had to be obtained into its property. That started this whole ball rolling. And to think that the networks aren't involved in what was announced last week, this alliance. The alliance. You're just being naive. To think this is just two conferences trying to get together, you know, because they have the same goals, which is world dominance. And this not be tied in to television future monies. Come on. You know better than that. Right? We all know better than that. Now, a lot of texters have asked, where do I think Virginia Tech lands in all this? I don't have the answer to that. Do I think currently Virginia Tech is an SEC or Big Ten target? No, I don't. They were. Turned them down back in the earlier 2000s. Remember that? A regrettable decision as history has played out for Virginia Tech. Do I think Virginia Tech fits right into the SEC? Absolutely I do. Because the SEC, unlike the Big Ten, well, I guess I shouldn't say unlike, but the SEC's One of their big attractions, I think, is the fact that you have a lot of small towns or smaller towns. I won't say rural areas, but you know what I mean. Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Right? Wherever you want to go in the league, you have smaller communities where the school is everything to that community. The football program, let's get more specific. The football programs are everything to that committee. Starkville. I mean, just go through it. The large, ironically, the large city of Nashville. Is the one that. And and I had two different texts today. Do you think the SEC will eventually figure out that they're going to have to ask (laughs) Vanderbilt to leave? You've got Oxford, Mississippi. You know, Blacksburg, Virginia is controlled from a sports perspective and the New River Valley by Virginia Tech football. It fits the criteria. This fan base, you guys and gals, 
I mean, I'm going to put you in the top five. You may call me a homer, and I know a lot of people that aren't Tech fans may say, oh, listen to you. Come on. Tech fans, Tech football fans in particular, are easily a top five fan base. I'll die on that hill. The atmosphere at Lane Stadium is unlike many of the current atmospheres in the SEC. So, I'm just saying, I I think it's a natural fit. Oxford has around 22,000 people. Starkville, 24,000. Auburn, Alabama, 60,000. What's the Blacksburg population? All right, Blacksburg, Virginia. Since I don't work for the census, population. Here we go. 44,949. This was back in 2021. Is that what it says? Is that right? That can't be right. Because then I type in 2023, it says 165,855. I don't know. In any event, let's go with the 45,468. That already puts them ahead of Oxford and Starkville, right around Auburn. Fayetteville's got 80,000, Tuscaloosa 96. You get my point. You've got five schools already with less than 100,000 population. But this is an older graph. People are now saying Tuscaloosa's got 110,000. Okay, so that's the updated. That makes sense. So this is probably data that's a few years old. But my point, I think, is still very valid. Tech fits right in. Because football is the thing. Every game's going to be sold out. Revenue, revenue, revenue that's created. SEC wants to be part of that, right? Big Ten, that's what they're doing. So I also believe, and this is just me, I also believe that you're going to see these schools, we're going to find out later. We're not going to hear about it now. There'll be denials. I'm going to bet that the commissioners and the presidents are going to work in unification to decide which conference is going to add which schools, but each are going to make the move to 24. That's my prediction. I feel much better about this prediction than I did Miami, my Miami prediction two years ago or my Clemson basketball prediction. <laughs> but it just feels like to me that's where we're headed. We're going to find out, okay, If we add this group and you add that group, we've got the market. Because after all, we are now an alliance. The alliance. We'll see. We'll see. I think it's a big, big, big announcement, and I think it's only the beginning of a complete restructuring of how things are right now. In all of college athletics, but also in college football. Donald says the people who make these decisions still place a higher emphasis on academics. For that reason, the Big Ten is a better fit, especially if Tech can get into the AAU. Yeah, if Tech gets into the AAU, you're right. They, they would be a much better fit in the Big Ten. But I don't know if that will happen or not. And I don't know about – yeah, presidents – The other part of that text is true. Their mindset is immediately to academics, but once they start realizing that, oh, by the way, who's going to continue to pay my big paycheck, 
All right. Here's the kind of money that this partnership can bring and that partnership can bring. All I know is Vanderbilt's not bringing a whole lot to the table in terms of television product. And that's what this is all about. This is all about television. This is all about college football. Academically, yes. It improves their profile tremendously. Tremendously. All right, so 45468. There you go. Population 2024. Wayne from Ohio coming through with the numbers as he always does. So that other number was Montgomery County, 166,000, basically. Okay, thanks, Wayne. I knew that number didn't look right because it was a different, it just popped up as 100, and after it went from 45, so there you go. The county is the 165, the Blacksburg is 45468. But keep an eye on it, man. Keep an eye on it because I think it means a lot of significant things here in the very not-so-distant future. All right, we're back to wrap it up on a Monday episode. I want you to wear these. Come on, Apollo. These are the colors that you wore in our first fight together. I, I can't wear your colors. Just wear them. Yeah? Yeah. Thanks, Paul. You just make sure you wash them before you bring them back, all right? <laughs> Will do. You and me? Nah, so good. So, so good. <laughs> I mean, come on, come on. All right, all right, good stuff. And uh, peeps have really uh, enjoyed it. I have too. It's fun to go back and watch those scenes. That was, I mean, I, mean, I just got a chill just now. I mean, think about it. Apollo went in there, he trained him, got him ready to take on Clubber Lang, take two. And he says, hey, man, where are the trunks? Where are my trunks? What a big moment that was. You remember? And then Rocky, see, it came full circle when he presented those same trunks to Adonis Creed in the first Creed movie. That was a huge moment, man. Any event, <laughs> rest in peace, Carl Weathers. Tomorrow on the Thursday edition, we're going to have Mike Burnup. We'll get his take of the aftermath of the Miami loss for the Tech men. They've got some time off coming up, much like Radford. Jermaine Farrell and David Smith, he'll give us his Super Bowl preview and prediction. All that's coming up tomorrow on our Tuesday program. Everybody enjoy your Monday as best you can as you slide back into the work week. It'll be a little warmer as the day goes on. Great news there from our weather forecaster. She just said, hey, some dry weather ahead, which is uh, always good in February when if you're going to get wet weather, it's usually going to be frozen. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.
of us here at News Center 4. I'm Ron Burgundy. You stay classy, New River Valley.